You just gotta press a button for the intro. Yeah, what it is, hopefully it's what it should be. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy In Session. Today is August 5th. The culture pushers are back. We back. And we've just been voted number one fantasy podcast by Obama. Oh. Both of them, Mr. and Mrs. Right. Oprah, Miss yeah. Frazier, the one that worked down there at the gas station by the stadium. Oh, and of course, we already number one in all local barbershops around the world this just then. So if you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, you haven't subscribed yet, you're probably late to the party, but don't worry, hey. we, we accept all latecomers. Better late than never, man. Better late. Yes, sir, man. Join the brand. The movement is strong. The boys are here. Well, really, just two of the boys are here. My boy Javar, he's doing a little something, something. So we gonna hold it down for him. Me and Los, playing partners from the South Side. How you doing today, player? Feeling good, man. You know, ready to get down. Just get into another great episode, bruh. Yes, sir. Today we are gonna go ahead and give y'all our breakouts and sleepers. Oh, that we have my for favorite so fantasy Lee, I mean, not fantasy Lee, but fantasy season. But uh, first, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of these uh, news that we got news and notes, I guess you'll call it. So, um, the first, I guess, the biggest news, of course, if you're listening to this, I don't know what time you're listening to it, but uh, Deontay Foreman got cut from the <clears throat> from the Texans Dang. and he actually got signed by the Colts. So, um, how you, how you feel about that? How you feel about that? Well, you I mean, you know, I was Let really surprised. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel that Deontay Foreman getting cut is saying that Lamar Miller's value goes up or that his draft price is just going to go up and he's still going to give you that same, um, I guess, same value. same value that he was already going to give you? I think it's the latter, yeah. I think uh, his ADP might rise a little bit because there was uh, you know, some people out there that thought that Foreman was threatening – um, you know, had a chance to get Lamar Miller's job. I wasn't one of those people, so I think that his value is going to stay exactly the same. Um, I think I think this means that, uh, you know, they're going to bring in a veteran back probably, but I don't. I never thought that, you know, uh, Foreman was a threat to his job because of that Achilles, like, you know, injury. Like, everybody out is saying, like, you know, there's certain positions that can recover from Achilles, but a running back is it's really difficult. It's almost impossible to come back from the Achilles injury. It's been a couple players out there, man, but, you know, they're the exceptions. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said before, he got signed by the Colts. Um, just another yeah. note. Uh, reported by Roto Sports. Uh, Roto Sports Roto football. World. Roto World. Roto World's football. <clears throat> the Texans have no plans on signing, Mil- signing Melvin Gordon. So, just in case any of y'all were wondering about that, that's going to be a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, you yeah. know they come out the woodworks, though, man, when uh, – when when uh you know somebody gets cut or somebody gets traded and you know like a vacancy fills, like Twitter starts getting a conspiracy bag and shit and like shit, is this mean Melvin Gordon's going to the Texans? Yeah, niggas got Twitter now, so they just be like, nah, <laughs> we, we good on him, bro. <laughs> we don't want him. Hey man, so so just just let's touch on this right quick. So um, Melvin Gordon got traded in one of our leagues. It was a big trade. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Justin, what? Justin Jackson, Curtis Samuel, first round pick, and who did I get? I got AJ 
Jones. Aaron Jones. Aaron, I said AJ. Well, yeah, AJ. <laughs> I, I, I said AJ, so you know, man, that don't count as my one. For the you said AJ okay. Jones, though, bro. <laughs> but you know, but I just wanted to say Jones so they know who I was talking oh, about. That okay. don't count. That don't count. That don't count. Yeah. AJ, AJ, now you're going to make me say it. AJ, Aaron Jones, um, <laughs> Adam Thielen, and a third round pick. And, yeah. and and LaShawn McCoy, so really just in the third round pick. But anyway, I was just doing a little research, and I don't think Melvin Gordon has any of the same value on any other team that he has on the Chargers. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I think he is kind of team dependent. Like if he goes to a team with a horrible offense line, I don't think he's going to be as good as he is now. Like they're always in scoring position. They have a lot of weapons out there, so – they're always in great scoring position, and they feed them the ball when they're in scoring position. So if he goes to a team that has a horrible offense line and doesn't, you know, isn't a high-powered offense like the Chargers, then I think his numbers will definitely suffer. Definitely. I don't want, I don't want to get too 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 in-depth on the trade because Javar not here, and I don't want to seem like we Yeah, you want to get in-depth into it because y'all had lost that shit, nigga. No, I don't think I lost, though. I don't think I lost, though. I don't yeah. think I lost. It depends what Curtis Samuel does, but you gay, I mean – but I got that two top fifteen. You gave up a Melvin Gordon and a first. Yeah, the first, the first was probably the first. The, if I lose it, it's because of the first. Yeah, I give you that. But let's, let's let's get on to another thing. So back to how you were saying about a good offensive line. Here comes a, from another great offensive line. Jalen Samuel is reported to get a big part of the Steelers' offense. How do you feel about that? Um. I don't know if you ever seen that Will Ferrell uh, gif, but when he was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I fucking saw that report, man. I got to see it to believe it, bro. Um, as for, like I said on a running back show, they've had a workhorse role for as long as I can remember. Um, Tomlin doesn't believe in that committee shit. I mean, it's possible that he could be a role. But when I read the article, too, they said that, you know, they're going to be using him in different ways and shit. Like kind of like a Swiss Army knife, a lot of different positions he could play. Um, so he might be on the field when James Conner is on the field too, but I don't think he's just going to like, they're going to make James Conner a two down back and let Samuel get the third down work. Yeah. He could shoot. He could line up at tight end, you know, that's, that's exactly. That's I think he had one. eligibility in one of the leagues. Yeah. Like I think in Yahoo, it was last year that he could, st- he was still like counted as a tight end or something like that. They, and they were able to use him in their lineups. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got on the news. Um, Sony Michelle is expected to see mm. a lot of more pass reception, a lot of more pass target. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty huge, man. Uh, you know, so last year, what you say, he only had like ten targets last year. Yeah. They literally strictly used him as a two-down running back, and it shows in a box score too. I think he had like he was you know, towards the top of the league of percentage of eight-man boxes that he ran against. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're a smart organization. They're probably the best, like, smartest organization in the league. So, I think they see that and they realize that they have to incorporate him into the passing game, too, or they're just – people are going to keep stacking the box against their ass. So, if you're a James White owner, are you scared? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I still think James White is, will be used. I think, though, um, his role is – solidified pretty much um but i mean he had 123 targets last year so if they're using um sonny michelle in the passing game then his like naturally his targets got to come down some so he's still going to be good but i mean i think he's his adp is like the fifth 
sixth round now. So I don't know. I might. Yeah, I'm not. At, for like a week ago at this time, like I was all on James White, bro. But now I'm kind of like shying away. Hey man, you keep that same energy because I got a little bit of something um, in this yeah. episode, and I'm going and I'm going to sell them to you. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna see, man. <laughs> but um, I, that's all I got for news and notes. Unless you got something else, you got something else? Uh, nope, that's it, man. Well, uh, without further ado, I think we can get into the <laughs> insert drop here. Hey man, wait till we get these drops, man. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, bro. Yeah, this is only the beginning. All right, so let's get into the breakout and sleeper episode. So we're going to go like this. So I'm going to go, well, Carlos is going to say his breakout. I'm going to say my breakout for the position. Then we're going to give you our sleepers for the position. And to go over what we, how we, how we divvied up the breakout and the sleepers, uh, give them the definition of that because I always explain it wrong. So you just tell them. Yeah, so breakout, I identify breakout as a player who's, you know, shown flashes of that elite upside in the past, but has never really, you know, put it together for a full season. Um, you know, another way to put it is say you draft a player like in a fourth or fifth round, like you're pretty much I look at a breakout as somebody you draft in a fourth or fifth round that you think could be a first or like an early second round pick the next year. So that's how I identify a breakout player. <clears throat> okay. So and um, but how you identify a sleeper? Did you tell them how you identify a sleeper? Uh so a sleeper is just somebody that, you know, is built into the name. Like people sleeping on him. He has a low ADP. Um so it's you know th- these players are extremely valuable if they hit and you could get because you get them so late in your draft so you're able to like stack out stack up the rest of your lineup with your starters and then if these sleepers really hit then somebody is gonna be happy like you, either, yeah. you said what <laughs> you say? somebody is gonna be woken up <laughs> exactly pretty much bro. that was lame. players with a low ADP man that people are just not you know um, noticing them when they really should so that's what we yeah. wanna. Bring it with the sleepers. All right. So without further ado, y'all got what it means. So let's get into the episode. So we're going to start with um, our wide, wide receiver position. So Carlos, tell us who your first player is as a wide receiver breakout. All right. So my guy is, we call him in the community, uh, Baby Tron, a.k.a. Kenny G, a.k.a. Kenny Galladay. Um, so last year was the second year. He had a quiet thousand yards. Like he kind of, you know, flashed at times, um, but he never really put it together. Um, and I think the reason why he didn't put it together last year is because they had a guy named Golden Tate there, who is no longer there. He's with the Giants now. Um, yeah. But last year in the games when uh, Golden Tate was there, Galladay only had six targets a game. When he left, that average went up to nine targets a game. Mm. So three targets a game. And so I took the games last year, um, the numbers he got when he averaged nine plus targets, because that's a you know a reasonable, you know, amount of targets that you can kind of predict that he'll get this year. So when he had uh it was six games where he had nine plus targets, he had uh he averaged six catches for ninety-two uh yards and uh averaged sixteen points a game. Jesus. That's right up there. You know, I ain't saying, you know, I ain't saying, you know, this, but I'm just saying what the numbers tell me. Hey, what you go right up there with Julio and OBJ production. Yes, they average 16 and 16.8 last year, respectively. So he's going in the fourth, um, 409 right now. You know, that's a great value for him because I really believe that this guy could be, uh, you know, 
at best, you know, at, at worst, uh, early second round pick next year. So, so in your rank is are you done? I didn't mean to uh, let's uh, no, no, I got a little bit more. I got a little bit more for you. So, yeah, he was fifth um, in the league in contested catch percentage at 86.1%. That number jumped from 46% his rookie year. So, he took that second year leap that you want to see. Um, and he pretty much doubled it up, and that was top 15 among all receivers charted since 2014 in the reception perception. It's a little uh, tool by Matt Harvin where it pretty much, you know, um, separates the QB play from his receiver because, you know, a lot of times the QB is tied to his receiver, so if you have a start QB, the receiver will suck. But this pretty much, you know, shows this, like, you know, skill set dependent of the independent of the QB. So, you know, he was top 15 um, among all players since two, um, 2014. He had the fourth highest amount of air yards last year. And, um, the you know, so one and then all that. And then plus the uh, main reason is positive touchdown regression. Um, he had led the team in targets, but he only had five touchdowns per year uh, last year. So if that number can go up, plus he gets the volume that he got when Golden Tate left last year, then that's why I think he's the breakout of the year this year. I like it. I have uh, just, um, I guess, well, I li- I love Kenny G because I, I clearly I went to go trade for him in, yes, in, in Marathon. But um, just to play devil's advocate, um, actually my, I guess my sleeper is Marvin Jones, but I don't want to like jump into my sleeper right now. Well, 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 like, you did a good job behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like waste like my thing, so I'll just I'll just keep it quiet. Now we'll talk about Marvin Jones, and I'll just address how I feel about Kenny Galloway and how they affect each other. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and get into my breakout player, and his name is going to be Cooper Coop 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 Cooper Cup. <laughs> I, was <trying> <laughs> I was trying to think of a cool nickname like to put in right there, but after the coop coop, I don't think that's a cool nickname, but we'll go with it for now. All right, so uh, last year, everybody know he played only nine games. Well, you really can count it only as like eight because uh, he got hurt in week 16. Uh, he took two weeks off, but when he came back in week nine, he put up five receptions for 89 yards and one touchdown um that's amazing uh then but the next week he uh eventually he got his acl hurt the next week um but in the games where he was healthy and played like over 25 percent of the snaps he uh, had 40 receptions 566 yards and six touchdowns uh that shattered pretty much his 2017 touchdown total of before Cooper got hurt, he was also wide receiver number 10 in the weeks he was healthy. Um, uh, what else I got to say about Cooper Cup? He's Jared Goff's touchdown thunder buddy. Um, <laughs> if you know that, get that reference. That's a good one. <laughs> Coming in second um, behind only Todd Gurley and red zone percentage targets uh, from Jared Goff, getting 21.4% of the targets when they get into the red zone. Um, that's, that's just crazy. I think... Nobody else got over 20%. Uh, Ty Gurley had 23%. Uh, Brandon Cooks had 12%. And Robert Woods was getting, I think, around 14%. So that just tells you that Jared Goff looks for Cooper Cup, yeah. Cooper Cup in the red zone. That is a great uh, recipe to have, I feel like. So he's part of a high-scoring offense, probably one of the best offenses, the best offense in the league. And he's the preferred target receiver-wise, you know, in the red zone. And... And, yes, and 
to wrap it up to wrap it up and he um this year of course you know he was coming back from that acl and everybody was like had rumors like oh he might not be able to start uh the training camp off people thought he wasn't gonna be able to start training camp he actually avoided the pup list uh the physically unable to perform this and yes and he is expected to start week one with no uh restrictions to his time his timing or anything so he's basically just back like they just plugged him back into the offense so I think he breaks out this year because I think he's because people talk about Robert Woods and people talk about Brandon Cooks, but the touchdowns come from Cooper Cup. Yeah, and true. We had a crazy stat on the quarterback episode. I can't. I don't know if you know it off the top of your head, but um, when Cooper Cup was on the field, rather when Cooper Cup was off the field, how Jared Goff's numbers uh, went. Oh yeah, yeah. I ain't got the numbers in front of me, but yeah, definitely go back and check out that episode if you want to hear that crazy ass stat. It was crazy. I he's, can't think he of makes, life. yeah, he's he Jared Goff needs Cooper Cup out there. Definitely. So do you think with that being said, my next stat was here was do you think that um Jared Goff could support uh shit, I guess three can you say three top twenty five wide receivers? Uh yeah, the answer to that is yes, because that's exactly what he was doing last year. Um I think and the reason for it is because um, they don't use their tight end at all, pretty much. Like when they're all healthy, like the tight end is getting no targets, pretty much. So it's the three receivers, and it's Ty Gurley getting his low five, six targets a game. But yeah, I mean, it, I, it was really hard to believe until I saw that shit happen last year, literally consistently. Yeah. Even when Josh Reynolds got in, inserted into the lineup, Josh Reynolds was having good games. Yeah, yeah, I think I went to pick Josh Reynolds up last year in redraft when he. I had um, him in dynasty, and and he definitely. Helped me out a couple of weeks. He wasn't no like game changer, but to be a pick up a player in a deep ass dynasty league that gets you double digit points, like yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, but uh, Cooper Cup's current ADP, um, according to fantasy footballers, I don't know where I get theirs from. He's going at uh, the beginning of the fifth round at five on one. You yeah. got anything different with his ADP? Uh, um, no, I don't have his ADP in front of me. Um, but that's about right because uh, yeah, that's about right because. I feel like the Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks is going around the second. No, not the second, the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. So this is just, you know, I think that Cooper Cup. I, I'm willing to say almost that Cooper Cup is the wide receiver to have in that in that trio. And I feel like he's going to have a, a, a tremendous year this year. He's going to be back on track. He could see double digit touchdowns and anybody that see double digit touchdowns is going to finish as a wide receiver one. Yep. So that's why I think he's going to break out. I agree. Nice. Yeah, uh, that's my guy. So uh, me. I actually got. A, I got. I got a share in him. And, uh, it's a secret. And I, hey, man, a lot of people offered me a lot of trades for him this offseason, and I and I held strong because yeah, I thought he was going to come back, yeah. and he did. He held strong on Stefan Diggs though, because he on my team. That is very true. But Cooper Cup, if you ever listen to this, I want you to know I'm proud of you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the other side of it. Let's get into our sleepers at wide receiver. I'll go ahead and start it off since you started off last time. Uh, my sleeper at wide receiver, like I said before, is Marvin Jones. Um, what a lot of people forget about Marvin Jones is in 2017, he finished with 61 receptions, 1,001, 1,000. 1,101 yards, nine touchdowns, and he finished as a wide receiver 10 in, in .5 PPR. 
And so I think a lot of I, I actually forgot that when I until I looked it up. Um I just think he left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths last year because he got hurt and he didn't finish the year off because that, that that's usually how it goes if you get hurt and we forget about you and you didn't help us in the playoffs. It's yeah. like, oh, fuck this guy. Mad, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, fuck this guy. But he literally was a top 10 wide receiver the year before. Um, he's another one of those touchdown hogs. Uh, he had 11 red zone target. Uh, converting 60% of those into the touchdowns. He played nine games before he got hurt with the knee injury. He had 35 receptions, 508 yards, and five touchdowns. And that's only uh, at, at week seven, he had five touchdowns already. So, like I said before, he's another one of those touchdown monsters that you want. And, like, I don't know how you feel about um, the Lions offense, but I'm coming up on the Lions offense. I don't think Matt Stafford has two bad years. You know, I don't. Back to back, Matt Stafford. I looked it up. Matt Stafford had never thrown under four thousand yards since his rookie year, and he threw for three thousand seven hundred ish last year. And he hasn't threw for under four thousand, like I said before, since his rookie year. And we all found out after the season was over that he was playing with broken bones in his back. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. He's been he's a touchdown percentage since 2014 and lowest uh, yards per attempt since 2012 last year. Exactly. Um, let me see what else I got on him. Um, I guess, like I said before, the main question is, can him and Kenny G like coexist in the offense? Um, I think what you have here is like a similar situation to any other two dominant wide receivers in the offense, uh, whether you have your Julio's and your Calvin, um, Calvin Ridley's to the Robert Woods and the whoever pick uh, Brandon Cooks or whichever other the duo you want to pick. Um, I think they both can eat. Um, I think Marvin Jones just might be the touchdown guy. I know you said that Kenny G uh, touchdowns could uh, have a positive regression, but I think as long as Marvin Jones there, uh, he's been proven to be, the touchdown guy, and I don't think that's going to change as long as he's healthy. <clears throat> that's like I guess that's just only the only knock I have on Kenny Gala Kenny Gala Day is that I don't think he's going to see the touchdowns. But a positive piece of information, I mean, a positive piece of things happened to the Lions' offense when Theo Riddick uh, departed from the team, so that mm-hmm. left targets, and I think those targets get dispersed evenly. And like you said before, I don't want to repeat what you said because I have the same thing down. But when Golden Tate left, I think that was, a, uh, again, there's more targets that's there. So Golden Tate plus Theo Riddick targets, I think they get split up evenly between Kenny G, Carry uh, John, on Johnson, and Marvin Jones. I just think Marvin Jones gets the touchdown. And Marvin Jones was able to avoid the PUP list again to start the year. Um, I just see Marvin Jones as a as a solid R, <clears throat> a wide receiver two play right now with that wide receiver one upside, and he's at still at his value for eight eleven right now at um, ADP. Wow, he's going at eight eleven. That's that's the latest ADP I got. I don't know if you might have a different that's, one. That is you paying you paying you getting a wide receiver that could finish easily in the top fifteen in the eighth round, and I think just a lot of people forget like. I think that's why I put it as my first stat that like, he finishes a top ten wide receiver. I didn't even know he had a top ten year. Yeah, I'm like, looking at uh, fantasy football calculator. He's at 801 now, so it's starting to rise a little bit. That's yeah. still too low. Because you're right. You're right. He is the he has been a um, you know big target of for Stafford in the red zone. Um, but I do think with, with you know Samuel or not Samuel um, Golden State leaving that they both can eat. 
Yeah, the reason yeah. why I like Galladay better is just because he just got that upside now, man. Like that contested catch percentage, bro, eighty six point one. Like he's mossing motherfuckers. Like you watch tape on him, bro. Like yeah, he saw the, catch, the type of catches he was making, bro. So I think that you know if he puts it all together this year, he's just gonna have that like thirty point blow up game potential, bro. Like I don't think Marvin Jones really has that in him no more. But I do think he can outscore him in touchdowns again. That's definitely a huge possibility. Yeah, like I said, I think it's just be one of like those classic. Two wide receiver offenses, Juju, not not to like the extreme, of course, yeah. like tempered to the uh like the team expectations of dealing and fucking digs. Yeah. I don't think it I don't think it I don't think people should look at it any other way than that. And I think that both of them can exist. And you know, like you said before, um Marvin Jones might be be touchdown, he might not get you a touchdown that week, and Kenny G might get you those nine targets, so he might get more targets that week. And if Marvin Jones don't score a touchdown, he might not like make you happy. <laughs> but yeah. I think that um, they could. I think that that like I said, I think that he, they could both finish top thirty at least. And getting him in the eighth round is just a steal. That's yeah. why I think people are sleeping on him. And like we said before, they're gonna wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Second time either. laughs> All right, man. Uh, who you got sleeping? All right, man. So. This is confusing just how Marvin Jones is confusing, bro. So my sleeper is Curtis Samuel. And, you know, I'm just I was really baffled by this when I saw the, you know, when I did my research on it, bro. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and this is probably why. So last year when he started the year off, he was injured. Um, I think he didn't play until well, he played before this, but hit, like they kind of eased him back into the lineup. He didn't play until more than um, playing more than 56 percent of the snaps until week 12. Mm. Um, in those six games from week 12 to 17, he averaged six and a half targets, 52 and a half points. I mean, 52 and a half yards. That would have been great if he averaged 52 and a half points. Uh, nine, um, 9.7 points, and uh, he had 2.25 points per touch. Just for comparison, bro, DJ uh, Moore, who's going in like the fifth round right now, mm-hmm. averaged 6.1 targets, 51 yards. 7.9 points and 1.64 points per touch. Why is DJ Moore going for rounds ahead of this guy, bro? I think their numbers are almost identical, bro. Their numbers is almost identical, bro. I think it's because uh, DJ Moore has that first round tag on him. Exactly. Name value. That's the only reason. And I'm here to tell you why you shouldn't look at the name value. You should look at the production when they were both on the field. Curtis Samuel was a high draft pick, too. I think he was, like, the second round the year before. He's going into that third year this year. Like, it's just so many third-year breakout candidates this year. And he wasn't one of my favorites coming into the offseason. But just, you know, the more research I did, the you know, more he rose. I'm talking about rankings, bro. Like, and the main reason. So you have all that said about how his numbers are comparable to um, DJ Moore. Like, they're the same. They're better They're better than DJ Morris. The main reason why he's my favorite, bro, is because he's pretty much up there with the Antonio Browns, the Stephon Diggs, and route running. Back mm-hmm. to that uh, reception perception I was using earlier. Um, he ranked in the top percent out, bro. Uh, the nine route, the post route, the dig route, the out, the comeback, the curl, and the flat routes, bro. Literally, if you look at his chart... Among all wide receivers? Among all wide receivers, bro. Yeah. Like, if you look at his chart, bro, like, they have it. He has it set up to where you can see, like, the percentage, like, the, his success percentage against every route, pretty much, that he runs. It's all green, bro. Yeah. This dude is a crazy, talented route runner. 
He uh, had a 76.6% success rate against man, 74% success rate against double team, and um, a 73% contested catch rate um, success. Like, that shit is crazy, bro. And he, they have the second easiest um, schedule for wide receivers this year. Yep. Funches is gone, too, leaving 79 targets up there. And you get to get him in the ninth round this year, bro. Like, this is going to be straight robbery next year at this time when you look back and we're taking Curtis Samuel ahead of DJ Moore, bro. He's my sleeper this year, bro. Draft him. And just to be sure that you get him, go ahead and just jump. Because it might not even – his ADP might not be here when people start drafting, bro. Yeah. So, when you draft, don't be afraid to, like, jump at least a round, uh, you know, to get him. I wouldn't mind jumping two rounds to get him in the seven. You see I jumped in front of you in the uh, the mock draft we did the other day. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely targeting uh, Curtis Samuel. I, like you said before, you pretty much hit the uh, the nail on the head with that one. Pause. Um, you know, <laughs> DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel is the same player if if Curtis Samuel is not better. Um, but it's going damn near three rounds behind him. You know. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. No, like four rounds. Four shit. Four. He's going in the ninth round right now, bro. Let me check DJ Moore's just to be accurate on the ADP. Five ten. So he's literally like so DJ Moore is falling then if he's going at five ten now because yeah, he is people are starting to realize that shit, bro. Like I that, just bro. think um ain't value ain't, ain't gonna get you points, bro. I don't think Cam is, is I don't think Cam is right, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a you know, that's a whole nother discussion, but that is. We'll see, man. Well, to start us off with the quarterbacks, uh let's get into our breakout quarterback. So um, my breakout quarterback is probably my favorite quarterback to talk about, Josh the Great White Hope Allen. Um, some call him the Stallion. You know, I watched—I literally watched every pass this man threw last year, and I don't understand why he got the bad rep. You know, like we didn't expect him to come in and blow the doors off of the league anyway. We knew we came in, we knew he was a rookie, we knew he was going to Buffalo Bills, who are already not a good offense. And we knew that um, he could throw the ball really hard and really far. You know, that's what we knew about him. <laughs> and so when people come in and they expected him to be like this, I don't know what they expected him. But I think people just shit on Josh bum. Allen for a reason. You know, I, I don't know. expect him to be a bum. I ain't gonna lie. But he's not though. He yeah, literally right, got better. Right. Every game, if you was to watch a Josh Allen game from week one to week seventeen, every game he'd never made the same mistake twice. He never and and he was making some of those Patrick Mahomes like sidearm throw. He made oh, them. Oh, oh. You see him away over there. <laughs> no, no. I who, what team was that? Did, did I send it? I can't. I don't want to look back. I don't want to waste no time. The viewers' time. But y'all go and Google um, uh, the Great White Hope when he throw that sidearm ball. I think it was against the Jets. And he hurdled a man. My man hurdled a man. Come on, yeah. now, stop playing. White um, man can jump. But anyway, let me uh just to get let's just put on some more put on some more about him. Um he had horrible wide receivers to throw to last year. People don't give him credit for that. He had Kelvin Benjamin as his number one wide receiver. Gross. That's like that's that's nasty. Nastiness. Um I actually have a stat. Uh where is that stat at? Let me look it up. I'll come back to it. Throughout the first four games. No starting running back of Josh Allen had over 40 yards. 
That's crazy. That's like like who? How do you have a running back that doesn't get forty yards as a starter? Yeah, that's gross. And you expect your quarterback to still like be, have a productive season, but he overcame all of that. He learned how to run himself, apparently. Um, <laughs> no, we ain't got a running back. I'll be the running back. <laughs> exactly. And I think that rushing upside alone give him top ten upside. Like we said before, running backs are like Russian quarterbacks are cheat codes. Um, he averaged about. 80 yards and uh, he averaged about 80 yards in a touchdown from week 12 to week 17. That's craziness. On top of that, he had 11 10 zone rushing attempts and he converted five of those for touchdowns. So he's almost on the level of a goal line back too at this point. Um, I don't see him rushing for over, over like 600 yards. Like um, like you can see, like the Russian upside of a Lamar Jackson and uh, what's your boy Kyler Murray? I don't think I don't think he has the Russian. Uh, I don't think he has the Russian upside of those guys, but I definitely think that he still gives you five hundred plus yards rushing and three plus touchdowns. That's just putting him at a floor at three touchdowns. And I feel like a lot everybody else is putting their. I feel like he, they they surrounded him with. Better a better core of receivers. They brought in Cole Beasley, who was Mr. Reliable, who's going to be a, a consistent drop-off target to him. They brought in a new running back, two new running, three new running backs, really. Uh Frank Gore or whatever. They brought in tell uh TJ Yeldon. Yeah, they brought in like three running backs. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I said, right? They brought yeah. in TJ Yeldon to, to catch the ball out the backfield to help him out right there. They bringing in things to help him. John Brown, too. Don't forget that. John Brown as his deep threat, and like I said before, to start to start it off, he throws the ball hard and far. So that's what John Brown is there for. They bring in, in things that help fit him his offense. He, they know he's not going to make probably like the most perfect throws right now, but they bringing in people who are going to catch the ball right there on the sticks. Who are going to run the slant routes? Who are going to run the little dig routes? Who are going to run the comeback routes? The uh, the other running backs they got Devin Singletary. He's gonna he's people are comparing him to um, Chris Spiller right now. That's what I read on uh, Sleeper. So I think that just he's just gonna be in a better offense. He's gonna be more comfortable year two. He's gonna have a great offense. He's gonna finish top ten. Mark my word on it. He's gonna finish higher than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Oh, you don't believe me? You can bet me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bet taken, nigga. Let's go. <laughs> For real. Nah, I definitely uh I like him. But uh, who so, you got? I mean, what if he doesn't rush at you know, what if he doesn't what if he doesn't I think, rush I think like that last means, year? I think if he's not rushing at what he did last year, that means he's become a better quarterback. Yeah, that could be the case too, man. Or they might just have enough spies back there just to, you know. So you think they does no no, no. And, and see that he you know he did have like a really low you know completion percentage last year so I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I was looking I was trying to find this stat. It's very hard to find how many passes player dropped. But Kelvin Benjamin, I've watched him drop like over twenty five passes. Yeah, yeah, that can definitely fuck you up. That 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 could that that brings you down right there. If Kelvin Benjamin if Kelvin Benjamin was averaging seven targets a game, if Kelvin Benjamin is dropping two of those targets every game, you know what I'm saying? That's going to bring your completion uh, percentage down. He already is not throwing for a huge average of, of, of target. He's not throwing the ball for a huge average of attempts already. So the players he are throwing the ball to, Robert Foster dropping the ball, Kelvin Benjamin dropping the ball, you know what I'm saying? These are his, 
uh, Zay Jones dropping the ball. These are his starting wide receivers for a rookie. You know what I'm saying? You got to make the play for my boy. I feel you, bro. That's all I'm saying, man. The great white hope. Watch him go. Watch him go, man. Who you got? Where's he going? Home? Where's he going? Did you say his ADP? Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't say his ADP because I I think we said it on the quarterback episode. I think he's going in the 11th right now. Yes, yeah, so somewhere in the 11th. He's he's definitely he's I've I've seen him, most people getting him as their quarterback too. Yeah. People are sleep. People are sleep on uh the Great White Hope this year. I don't know why. But they're so high on Kyler Murray, and I don't know. His offense is just as horrible. I think he's coming into, like, a, a, a shittier position than Josh Allen came into his rookie year. Hey, yeah. But damn, he's going in the 13th round right now, bro. That's crazy. That's a deal. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a super-duper-duper duper deal. I fucks with it. But, yeah, so my um my quarterback is uh, Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Um And... The main reason uh, that he's my breakout is, you know, he's flashed at times last year or, you know, throughout his career. But I just think he never had a coach that could really reel him in because he's one of them type of players that's just like he has a lot of talent, but he just like always on go. You know what I mean? Like he ain't got that balance to like really, you know, calm it down and just be a, you know, I don't know. It's just he, he always just making wild plays, bro. Like I just think he gets too excited or whatever. But all that shit has changed now because. They got the QB Whisperer coming in. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Bruce Arians. Uh, he just became the new coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you look at all the quarterbacks that he coached for, man, they all improved, bro. Um, you had people like Carson Palmer. You had people like Drew Stanton. Like, you know, I mean, he was actually serviceable. Like, if you were playing in two, B, uh, two QB leagues, like, he was serv- uh, serviceable when he became a starter or whatever. I remember reading a story that uh, when he was coaching in college, he took a kicker. He saw a kicker, like, throw a ball to another kicker or some shit, and he made him the starting quarterback of the team, bro. I guess he had got hurt or some shit and mm-hmm. turned him into, like, an all-SEC quarterback, bro. This shit's so crazy. So if he could do that with all these other quarterbacks, these average quarterbacks, and, you know, maximize their talent, what do you think he's going to do with a former overall number one pick, bro? He's going to maximize that talent, bro, and he's going to string together a full season of some shit that he did in spurts in the past. So when you look at last year, um, you have Fitzpat- uh, Fitzpatrick going off, bro. Like, this nigga was on another level. They can't take him out. But when they finally did, um, it was eight games that Winston got all the snaps. He had 290. Uh, he averaged 297 yards, threw for 15 touchdowns, had over five games or had five games over 300 yards, and he averaged 22 points per game. And then, you know, when you talk about Jameis Winston, man, like a lot of people try to use the interceptions as a, you know, reason why he won't be elite, bro. But I just feel like when you're throwing for, you know, such amount of high yard yardage, bro, like that interception shit is going to be offset. Definitely. Um, you know what I mean? Unless like, he like, for, like, unless you play in like a league where they heavily weigh, yeah, like, exactly. Like a standard like scoring league, man. Like, the and if you're throwing for the most yards, which he was doing in that span where he started over eight, when he started eight games, he was leading the league in yards, bro. And he led the league in ADOT. Um, so he's throwing that bitch, bro. And he has Mike Evans, OJ Howard, yeah, fucking um, Chris Godwin out there. Like, he has the weapons, man. He has the coach now, man. And I think this is finally the year. The last year, you're going to be able to get him this late. He's going 10-05, man. Um, get him this year, and next year he will be 
uh, top five QB. I think so. I think it's the year he has to prove himself. Um, he's in the contract year, so he has to go. He can't go out there and just be out there and be well. He has to – well, I guess his team has to do okay, I guess. Well, they are in the Falcons division, so we know they're not going to do nothing too crazy. <laughs> but uh, I think he just has to be consistent. I think that's what they're looking for in him right now. They're just looking for consistency. And like you said before, as far as fantasy goes, if he's throwing it for that much of volume, the interceptions don't really matter. I mean, they matter in, like, real QB world, but in the fantasy world, if you're throwing for over – 55, you know what I'm saying? If you're throwing 5,000 yards worth of passes, who cares how many, you know what I'm saying? I want to get back on my team. Who cares how many? Just a, uh, just a little note to another little nugget. Um, So, you know, he got inserted to the lineup twice last year. Um, It was a time where Fitzmagic got through, I call him Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick threw like three interceptions in the first half and he subbed uh, Jameis Winston in. He started four games. He threw 10 interceptions in that span. They benched his ass again. He got inserted back into the lineup. And in them seven games where he was a starter for the rest of the year, he only uh, threw four uh, interceptions and 10 touchdowns. So he looked like he he was a different quarterback in that span. Like he like he kind of, you know, something clicked or whatever, man. So, you know, hopefully he could continue that pace along with having a great coach, you know. I definitely th- And I definitely think Bruce Arians is going to do nothing but help. So, yeah. He's a great coach, bro. That was I was extremely excited when they um when he went there. But uh, so let's go ahead and get into our sleepers then. So I got coming in at my sleeper is Dak the uh, Prescott. Dak Prescott coming from those Dak Cowboys. Dak the Prescott, that's his name, coming from the Cowboys. Um, I don't. I just think like a lot of people sleep on Dak. For what reason? I don't know why. Maybe because they look at the Cowboys and they just hate the Cowboys that bad. The Cowboys really never did nothing to me. The Falcons pretty much, like, you know what I'm saying? We we had a down year last year, but we be beating them most of the time. But um, So they don't do nothing to me. But Dak has literally never finished outside of, of a QB1 since he's been in the league. I don't think a lot of people know that. So, okay. You, did you know that? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I did know that. Oh. I thought you were saying, okay, like you didn't know. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he's never finished outside of QB1 for the league. Um, and I think he got his first time – well, for the first time he has, would you say, like a, a, a bona fide wide receiver one? Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk about um, Dez Prescott, but I think he got Dez on, on the back end. I don't think he yeah, got – I, I don't think he got prime Dez, so – I just think whatever. I think uh, Amari Cooper is better than Dez. Period. So how about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, his current ADP right now, he's going in the eleventh round. He is also one of those running backs that has uh, maybe not as much of a rushing floor as the rest of them, but he has a, a crazy rushing stat. He scores six touchdowns in each in three years in each of the uh, years that he's played as a starting quarterback. So. He has that as a floor, so he's you know he's going to rush the ball on the goal line. He's going to get the ball to end down there. Um, pre Amari Cooper, he barely averaged two hundred yards a game. Post Amari Cooper, he was averaging two hundred and seventy five yards passing a game. Pre Amari Cooper, he was averaging twenty nine targets. I mean twenty nine attempts a game. Uh, post Amari Cooper, it went up to thirty two. Uh, 
32 attempts a game. Uh, I think uh, with the news to Zeke coming, that's that's kind of scary. I don't know how I feel about that. I think we'll learn more as the season uh, continues. But um, we already know that, that Dak Prescott doesn't really do well with Zeke not in the lineup, but that was also pre-Amari Cooper. So we, I think that that could change. Um, he's playing behind one of the top three offensive line in the league right now. Um, he's on one of those top 15 offenses that you like to be attached to. I think that Dak Prescott doesn't let you down. I don't know. I think he might. Maybe he maybe won't make it into the top 12 this year. But like we said before, uh, the 6 through what, 6 through 18, was it? Yeah. Something like that. The six, quarterback 6 through 18 is pretty much only separated by, yeah, 30 yeah, something just, points. Yeah. There. So he could he could very well very still minimal. do those. That's a th- yeah, that's so much of work, right? Yeah, I'm saying very minimal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you said not 30. But yeah, so he could get you. Um, he could very well. So defensive, bro. Finish in that fucking top 15 ranking. I feel like. A lot of people go out and get the shiny toys in the top seven rounds for some reason when you got all these gems that's waiting in the – what'd you say Josh Allen was going again? 13th round. And that Prescott going in the 11th round. I think – Bro, Josh Allen is going after Justin Tucker. <laughs> that shit is so disrespectful. I don't even fucking discuss kickers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, exactly, just like that. You know what I mean? I just think – I can't emphasize it enough. You don't have to go out and grab these quarterbacks early because you have these gems down here. And, you know, not to knock it over your head too many times, but literally says that Prescott is a sleeping QB1. Yeah. I like it. And I was lying, bro. I didn't know he uh, finished as a top 12 quarterback. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a great stat, bro. Great stat. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you asked the question of why people are sleeping on him. Um I think the reason why I kind of slept on, like, I, I know he's not a bum or anything, but I just think his upside is, hasn't really been there. Um, Amari I mean, Cooper with the whole offseason can change that, though. So, But you say his upside has never been there, but he, his rookie year he finished as a top six quarterback. Yeah, the rookie year was great. I'm just talking about the last maybe two years. I don't think he finished as – like, just his ceiling. Well, he's always, he he always, wasn't getting those 30-point games. This is his fourth year. I know that's what I'm saying. So the second and third year, I, I, like ceiling wise, like hitting them, you know, QB one through six marks, like them boom games, bro. I don't think he had too many of those. Do you have the numbers? So once, once Amari Cooper, the the Amari, the two Amari Cooper games, he finished yeah. as a QB one those those uh, those games. But I mean, you can't predict that. But like I said, uh, off season with Amari Cooper. It, it could only do well for him. Just just one of the stat lines from his game, he had the big game Amari Cooper had where he had 54 attempts. That was his highest ever. Uh, he had 455 yards. He threw two interceptions, but he also had three touchdowns that game. I think that's a pretty boom game right there. Boom. That's a boom shakalaka for you. Uh, like I said, that was like you said, what, that was both with um, Amari Cooper there, man. So having a whole offseason, yeah, you definitely may be on something there, bro. The last game of the season, he ended a non the not Amari Cooper going off crazy game. He had 44 attempts for 387 yards and four touchdowns. Another boot. One of those games, or shit, maybe half of those games is going to get you 50 yards rushing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And a touchdown in one of one of those games too. I just the the, the possibilities are endless. And I think that people sure. are paying people are paying for last year prices on these quarterbacks when you got these sleepers down here. 
But uh, I don't want to talk too much more about that, Prescott. Who you got at sleepers? Yeah, man, and just you know, this just proves why like you need to wait on quarterback, man. Do not be that guy in your league that takes a quarterback early, man. Like that's three straight players we just named that provide a ceiling of a QB one that you don't have to pay for it though. Like it's literally people spending four fifth round picks and because what that does is is limits your upside of your team and you can take shots at you know your breakout receivers that's going in them fourth and fifth round and your breakout running backs that's going in that same ADP man and you just wait and take your quarterback at the end of the draft and you just have a monster squad um and that brings me to my quarterback um my sleeper quarterback is Lamar Jackson um and that just he has an ADP of 1106 and it's just Proves again why you do not draft a quarterback early. Another um, one. Yeah, you say what? Another one. Another one, bro. So in weeks eleven through seventeen, because he took over from uh, for Joe Flacco finally. Um, when he took over, he had one thousand one hundred and fourteen yard pass yards, five touchdowns. Um, you know, when you look at that stat line, you're like, okay, average. He had 554 rush yards, bro, in six games. Is that six games? Seven or six or seven games? That's still great. <laughs> um, and it's just, bro. He, and he was the he averaged 18 points, and he was the seventh quarterback in that span, bro. He was literally a. a like, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna sugarcoat it. He's an average passer, bro. But just the fact that he's rushing for so much, bro. He averaged 17 rushes last year. And I think that number comes down this year, but I still think he's going to be near the top, if not the top, you know, rusher of, you know, amongst quarterbacks, like attempts. Um, it's just a cheat code having a, a, a rushing quarterback um, into the, in the way we have a score, bro, because you're getting stats of a running back. Like in that span, bro, I'm pretty sure I should have pulled up the running back stats, bro, but I'm pretty sure it's like running backs you can compare his rushing stats to. And they're like very similar. Him and Josh Allen. I think exactly. Point, so I think you, point, from week eight, don't quote me on this, but I'm pulling it from my memory. From week eight to week sixteen, I think Josh Allen was ranked up there with like the top five quarterback, like top five running back. Exactly. Like just, he just like hundred yards a game. I remember he he got like two hundred yard rush games or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. He was out there running for his life, boy. <laughs> That's why y'all keep selling me on this Kyler Murray shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he is, like, the cream of the crowd. I, I should have really put him out there, but I feel like everybody know about him now. Yeah, I don't think people are sleeping on he's him. He's definitely an honorable mention, bro, because he's has the potential to be one of the best passers and the best rusher, bro. He do for 4,000 yards last year and had 1,000 rush yards, bro. This shit is insane, bro. Yeah, back to Mundo. But yeah, man, Lamar Jackson, man, just, uh, you know, and when you have to get a quarterback, I don't mind, you know, getting like a safer quarterback to pair with him. So just back to your point where you talked up Dak Prescott, why not draft Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson? So you have that safe option that you know is going to finish in the top 12 and you have that quarterback that can have the potential to finish as the QB one, like on any given week, just based on his rushing upside. That's it. That's a strategy. You haven't figured it out yet. That's my strategy. Exactly, <laughs> bro. That's just, I mean, you have a safe quarterback and you have an upside quarterback, bro. And you just play the odds, bro. Play the matchups. Mm-hmm. Every time. Uh, well, uh, that's all I got to say about the quarterbacks. Unless you got something else to say about them. No, sir. That's it. 
All right, so let's get into our next position. Um, we're gonna get into our tight ends, the gross position. Um, <laughs> breakouts, though. Breakouts. Fucks with the breakouts. My breakouts. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I guess we'll try to make it as entertaining as we can for you guys. <laughs> all right. So coming in at my sleeper tight end um, is your sleeper quarterback favorite target. Uh, what's once Lamar Jackson started receiving 100% of the snaps uh, in the week 11 when he took over for Joe Blacko, um, in the bleak tight end crop last year, he was the tight end number seven in weeks where Lamar Jackson was receiving 100% of the snaps. Um, he had 34 receptions, 552 yards with three touchdowns. That's just a small sample size, a six-game sample size. So, I mean, if you stat that out, he was on pace for – over sixty, t- over sixty receptions, a thousand yards, and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, he has gone into his second year with Lamar Jackson, uh, and it's already been shown that running quarterbacks love their tight ends. If you go back to like how who people compare Lamar Jackson to, like the runningness of running quarterbacks, Michael Vick, his favorite target before Rodney White exploded was Algie Butler. So um, that's just something to to, to reference. Um, and the value, I just think the volume he's expected to get, he's just another one of those steals that you can get at the back of the draft. If you don't get one of those sexy top five tight ends, um, he's going currently at the thir- in the 13th round. So he's mm-hmm. basically free at this point. Um, I don't know well, followers. If you haven't been following the Ravens out of camp, Every video that comes from Raven Camp, I literally have seen no other video come from Raven Camp besides Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. Have you seen anything else? Yeah, that's a great point, bro. <laughs> the only video I've seen come out of Raven's Camp is uh, daily Lamar Jackson to uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Mark, well, Mark Andrews video. And so I just think that we already said, you know what I'm saying? I think the tight end. I, well, I don't know if we said it, but I know I've said it that the tight end, the gap between like the type, the top tight ends and like the lower, I guess, how we said it, what we said we're gonna do the the top, top six one, needs to be the new one, tight end one. Tight end one. I think just whatever that is in the top, uh, the tight end two is six through twelve. I think that gap is gonna get a lot smaller, and I think Mark Andrews finds himself in that gap just based on volume alone that I think he's gonna receive. Um, they basically they have pass catchers out there. They have two rookies. They have uh, Hollywood Brown. He's coming back from an injury. I think he's going to do great things this year. And they have uh, Miles Boykin. But like I said before in previous episodes, I don't think uh, rookie wide receivers come out dominating as soon as they, you know what I'm saying, their rookie year. And Hollywood has already missed a couple weeks of camp, so he's behind the curve a little bit. And like I said, Every video, literally, if you go search Ravens like camp, is going to be Mark Andrews, and I think you're getting you a top twelve tight end in the thirteenth round, and that's just another steal that I can't pass up on. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was about to get him from you earlier in the year, but she was being stingy and shit. So no, you wasn't about to get him. You <laughs> asked him. The, the went. I went out and uh, got um, the guy that's got to be um, that's going to be my sleeper, and that's Austin Hooper. Um, look at the cohesiveness. Look at that transition. Yeah, exactly. I see you. <laughs> yeah, you know, so Austin Hooper. I went out and got you know. I said, man, you know what? It's it's plenty of sleepers out there, man. Let me go get my next guy. So I went and got Austin Hooper. He's um he was ADP of eight uh twelve ten, 
Um, so going a little bit before Mark Andrews because he's better. Uh, no, nah, I'm just playing. Uh, so you got Cotter coming back, man. You know, he used to coach, uh, be the offensive coordinator uh, a few years ago. Uh, it was before Austin Hooper got there. But, you know, the thing about Cotter is like a trend. And the trend is that he focuses on his tight end more in the red zone. Um, the touchdown rate of guys like Mercedes Lewis, um, Tony G, rise up, baby, uh, and OJ and Cameron Bray, they all, all the touchdown percent went up like when Carter was there. And then you look at uh, Austin Hooper, who had 660 yards last year. Um, he had 86 targets, I want to say, but he just had four touchdowns. So you think about that touchdown rate going up to pair with that amount of yards and amount of targets, bro. And I think he's the, the perfect sleeper for you, bro. Um, like I said, he's going in the 12th round. And another thing is he caught 82.6% of his targets last year, which is the fourth highest mark, um, including wide receivers. Yeah, he so he has hands like receivers. Um, he's dependable. He played in all 16 games last year. And sometimes that's the what they say, the best um, ability is availability or some shit like that. Oh, ding, ding, ding. And that's how it is, bro. Like, he played all 16. He catches pretty much all of his targets. And he has a guy coming into town that, you know, has a very high possibility of, you know, making him see positive touchdown regression. Yep. Um, he finished as a six tight end last year. He's not going as a six tight end off the board. Um, and you can get another steal right there. There's so many values, man. That's why I say, man, make sure you draft for value. Go back to that episode that we drafted. Uh, for that fantasy league, and you'll just see like the definition of drafting for value. No, nope. uh, but let's the reason why I crushed Gabe in that draft. You know, like, you did not. You did not. If you <laughs> ever put the stats out, they would know. AJ Green, but anyway. All right, so let's go into. Uh, I guess he's a sleeper for me. Um, well, I guess you call him like a sleeper breakout breakout sleeper. Oh, he's both two for one. Let's get it. I don't know. I don't know if well, it just depends on if you think he already broke out. Well, I guess he did break out because he did finish top five. So if you haven't guessed by now, um, top five, top five, top five. <laughs> my sleeper slash breakout is Evan Ingram, um, tight end from the Giants. I picked him as a sleeper because he was uh, he was hurt last year, so a lot of people, um, I guess, forgot him. They didn't forget about him because a lot of people are talking about him now. So I guess that people are not really sleeping on him, but. I like Evan Ingram, and I think that people should go get him. So that's why I think I'm going to talk about him. How about that? Um, <laughs> his rookie year, he had 115 targets as a as a rookie. That's that's that that that's how he finished as a tight end five. And y'all know if y'all listen to me on the tight end episodes, any tight end receiving over 90 targets a year is going to finish in the top six. Pretty much, that's pretty much guaranteed. That's that's the tight ends you're looking for in the volume. If you're gonna be one of those guys that takes an early tight end, you have to make sure you, all, all early tight ends are getting 90 plus targets. That's a fact. Um, and like we said before, with the Giants um, being depleted at wide receiver as they are right now, Golden Tate being out for four games, we know to start the season. Um, I haven't heard anything, any other news that's gonna say any otherwise. Uh, Sterling Shepard with the broken finger or broken thumb, I think it is. Uh, Corey Coleman being out for the year, basically not on the team anymore, is basically Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley are the Giants right now. And Mm -hmm. so I think just out of volume alone, Evan Ingram is going to put himself in that top five category again this year. Um, 
a lot of people talk about like what can he do with volume and just <clears throat> this just to show you just a little bit of what he did last year i know he got hurt last year so i don't want to put like all his stats out there again um he only played 11 of those games but over the four games where obj was gone he was averaging five receptions and 80 yards a game so that's just to show you what he could do with the volume over that span of those Four games where OBJ was out, he was the tight end three. That's in front of Kelsey, and that's in front of Kelsey, and I mean, no, not in front of Kelsey, but that's in front of Ertz and behind only Kelsey and Kittle over that span of time. And so I think he his value. He's currently going, I think, in the fifth round right now. Do you got anything, anything different on him? Uh, uh, no, fifth round sounds right. Yeah, so we, I got him going in the fifth round right now. And so if I was going to take a tight end in the fifth round or one of those early picks at tight end, this is the tight end that I would be aiming for. Um, I just think that he's going to he's going to get he's he's athletic. He's going to get the ball in the red zone because they don't have any other choice. And it's him and Saquon. And I think I like volume and I follow the volume is going to lead me home. Follow the volume. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's literally only him and Saquon. Like, let me say that again. Literally only him and Saquon, bro. Not only is OBJ gone, but you got go to Tate suspended for the first four games. Yes. Uh, Sterling Shepard still working his way back from that thumb injury. He might not be 100%. Corey Coleman hurt for the year. Like, it's just everybody's injured, bro. And that is like, it's literally happened the same way it happened his rookie year. So, yeah. Fifth round. If you want to get an early, you know, tight end, bro, that's going to put similar numbers to the Kelsey's and the Ertz this year, Ingram is definitely – I definitely agree with that. My my ADP say he's going in the uh, 5-12, so that's yeah, – That's pretty much six. Yeah. yeah. I, I will take now If ever Ingram falls to me in the sixth round, he's not going to be there anymore, you guys. So just let y'all <laughs> know that right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you have one more tight end left as a sleeper? Uh, for a breakout. Uh, talking about the sleeper already. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, the tight end for the quarterback I just named, um, OJ Howard. Um, so last year he only played nine games, but in those nine games he averaged 44 targets, 565 yards, five touchdowns. Um, he had 12.8 yards per target, which is the highest in the league, and the second most yards per reception with 16.6 um so that just pretty much shows his breakout i mean his ceiling like his big play potential um he finished as a top six tight end 50 percent of the time and a top 12 tight end 80 percent of the time that's literally right up there with travis kelsey bro um so he has an adp of 508 so he's going a little bit ahead of evan ingram but it's just another one of those tight ends that you go wait a little bit more like if you are one of those drafters that um, you just want to have your starting lineup filled early in the draft. Like you want to build out your starting lineup before you go to your bench or whatever. That's okay. That's a legit strategy. But this is the perfect tight end to target if you're going to do that because he's going to provide that ceiling as Kelsey and Ertz and Kittle, but you don't have to pay for it. Um, and like I said earlier, Bruce Arians is there. Um, people have been saying that, you know, Bruce Arians never really, you know, uh, featured a tight end. People being me. But, yeah, that's people. Uh, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that he's never had a tight end as good as O.J. Howard. I think Jermaine Gresham was this, the tight end out there in uh, Arizona. That's not going to cut it. Right. Jermaine Gresham in the first round, I want to say, though. Yeah, man, that was that was gross. Uh, he was probably good for – I think he was more of a blocking tight end, though. That's what I remember for him, from him. 
I don't remember him being a good tight end fantasy wise. But anyway, he, he was never good as OJ. Um, he does have some injury concerns, like a lot of tight ends out there, man. But if he stays healthy all year, you're gonna get a steal at five oh eight. Um, and one more thing, um, another red flag that people have been talking about is you know Cameron Bright still there. Yeah. Um, and you know they say that he's a favorite target of Winston. So I just was curious about that, and I took a, um, you know, I took the games where they both were in the game because you know they were in and out of the lineup all year. So mm-hmm. in the games where they both played, OJ out-targeted them eight, uh, 38 to 20, and he outscored them 80 to 32. So Winston don't just like break, bro. He just likes tight ends, period. Like, whoever's the tight end is going to get the work, bro. And OJ is going to get that work, bro, because he is a stud. I think I think he's a stud, too. I just think, I just think um, his value has went just – a little bit down to me because I think um, Dirk Cotter added a lot to his value with the red zone targets and all. Yeah. yeah. He's the, yeah, he's the type of tight end, man, where I don't know. I think his value increased, though, because Bruce Aarons is a better offensive mind than Cotter, like, overall. So, he's going to get his playmakers involved, in my opinion. Well, we'll see. We're the only one way to find out. Yes, sir. We got four weeks, baby. Oh, my God. It is here. It this is, is crazy, is bro. Bro. This is the first week of officially a preseason, right? Yes, bro. Yes, it's crazy, man. Imagine how many trades are going to go down after we see. Well, not I guess not the first game. Well, Kyler Murray should play a lot. Well, hopefully, he plays a lot in the first game. I, that's what I really want to see. Yeah, I hope they don't play him, man. I don't want his ADP to rise anymore. Shit, it might fall. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a possibility, too. Uh, well, let's get into the last position. Uh, I know everybody's been waiting around for it. It's Save a, the best for last. It is the running backs. Um, dun, dun, dun. I will take this one. Um, one of my favorite running backs coming into this year, his name is Mr. James White, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Constant, Mr. Patriot Backfield. Um <laughs> That's a little too extreme, but whatever. <laughs> so last year, I just want to just just throw this out. So if you didn't know his name, and I told you, Carlos, it was a running back last year who had 15 10 zone attempts. He made three of those in the touchdown. He had 22 red zone targets, and he made four of those in the 10 zone, and all four of those were touchdowns. Would you want him? Uh, I think I would take him hmm, third round. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so that is what uh, see, James White see the alley you I caught the alley. <laughs> I got it, my boy. <laughs> so fucking that's what James White did last year. Um I think he is the most constant in that confusing Patriots backfield with the up and down of is it gonna be Sony, is it gonna be Harris, you know, the new rookie that they got. I think James White role has never changed no matter who the running backs they brought in that Patriot backfield. James White has always been consistent and he's always gave you 50 or more targets a, a year since his rookie year. Well, his rookie year, he had five targets, but that was because it was, uh, he was injured. And so we all know that, but so counting his sophomore year, he never gave you under 50 targets. Last year, he had over 123 targets and he finished eighth in uh, 0.5 PPR rankings. Um, I just think that, you have to go with what you know. I think people are trying to take too many risks on Sony, and I think Sony's, uh, Sony's ADP is too high to take a risk on. If, is he going to be it? I think um, Damian Harris is a, is the league winner, actually, this year. So he, he, he's, a, he's another one of my sleepers. Um, 
But back to the point of people saying that James White is not going to be James White. Um, I took a stat because I know uh, Sony was hurt a little bit last year. He did play 25% of the games. So I took the snaps that he did play over 25% of the games, uh, him and James White together, and this is the breakdown I got. Um, James White had 91 receptions, 625 yards, four receiving touchdowns when uh, Sony Michelle was on the field. He rushed the ball 77 times, got 372 yards with five rushing touchdowns. This is all while Sony was on the field. And while James White was on the field, Sony had 10 receptions, 37 yards with zero touchdowns, and he had 194 um, 194 rushing attempts with 878 yards and six touchdowns. So through that span, James White scored 188.7 uh, fantasy points, while Sony Michelle scored 130. That's a 58-point um, fantasy point difference. And I think people still doubt the production. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, just to put it into a little bit more perspective, every time James White touched the ball, he averaged 1.28 fantasy points a touch. And Sony Michelle averaged 0.65. Um, I just think that okay, he might not be much of a of a of a sleeper because his ADP is rising a little right now. It's at four twelve, but shit, man, if you if you got people in your league that's doubting James White and you can get him in the fourth fifth round and you still looking for that RB two, go get him. If you in the in the PPR league, shit, definitely go get him. He had over a hundred and three. 123 targets last year. Of course, we see that we're going to see a regression in no targets uh, with especially um, with the new Sony news coming out. But I say if he if he gets you, he's never gotten he's the I think last year he had like 80 something. So even if he gets you 80 something targets, he's still putting you in that top RB 15 uh, range right there. That's still you getting a, a productive RB two. Yeah. How you feel about him? I don't know how you feel about. It. I don't know if I sold you. I mean. His role is going to be the same, um, yeah. but I just think that that target high target value last year is what caused him to finish so high. And with that coming down, man, it's like I'm not saying that he won't be a great fantasy player, man. But if his ADP is at four twelve right now, man, I'm not buying that at that price. I'll buy him in the fifth round. Would you get a, a so would you would you pay for a, a fifth round for a top fifteen running back if you knew he was going to finish top fifteen? Oh yeah, easily. So do you it's, not just, think, it's just a point of how think, much targets he lose. Do you think you got, you got positive regression being baked in and you got uh, Sonny Michelle potentially getting more receiver work? So do you think Sonny Michelle is a full 16? You said Sonny Michelle? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like to predict injuries. It's, he has a higher possibility than most in, to miss some games. But, you know, he's they're saying he's healthy now. So that's really all I'm going to go off of. Yeah, you can't predict injuries. Like that, that was that's true shit. But at the same time, I just don't think he's gonna stay healthy all sixteen games. Yeah, and you <laughs> see, just what if, I just and I've laid the stats out there for the people who say, okay, but what if Sony is healthy? Even if Sony is healthy, James White has still been like productive as you know, what I'm saying with Sony in the lineup or not in the lineup. I just think that he's a steal right now. Well, not a steal because that value is kind of creeping up, like you said, but. Well, shit. He's he's a good player, man. He's a good player. <laughs> he's just good, guys. Just look at the points. Yeah, man. Just go get the points, man. If you if if you're if you're if you're looking for like I said that running back two in that fifth round, and because you went wide receiver, wide receiver, I feel like he is he's a he's a uh, he's the he's perfect. 
He's a perfect wide receiver, uh, running back too to have. I've been trying to sell him pretty much. I was giving him away at the beginning of the year, like in the offseason, beginning of the offseason, and nobody wanted him. But now everybody wants him, but the ticket's done going up, fellas. That's just how it is. He's one of those players that's going to be super reliable for you. Um, mm-hmm. But he just – trade value. It's always going to be hard to trade a player like James White. But I still get that. I agree. He's a perfect RB2 to have, man, if you, like, go wide receiver, wide receiver, or, you know, get – what I like to do is get, like, a stud running back, you know, like with the first or second round pick, and then go, like, receiver, receiver, you know, or tight end receiver, something like that, bro, and then, like, getting – Taking flyers at my um, running back two position, so he's is definitely a target I would be looking for. If that ADP drops a little bit, bro, if I can get him in like the fifth, really the sixth round, I would be extremely happy. But fifth round, I might pay that price. In the middle of my the team is looking at that point. Five oh six, and you have, um, you let's say you went, uh, Devontae Adams. You you took a chance on um, Le'Veon Bell at. Uh, and 206, and you have whatever wide receiver, Kenny Galladay at 306, and then James White. You wouldn't take him right there at 506? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's interesting. See? I just think, I just think that a lot of people are – I don't know. Well, a lot of people are turned off by the Patriots' backfield in general, and I just feel like, like I said before, he's, he's going to be – his role has never changed over the years. He's never gotten you under 50 targets. Yeah, oh, that's easy. Easy money right there. Easy that's money. That. And that's what I'm saying. So say his targets go down to like 90. That's still putting you in that RB15. Uh, Kenny, uh, what, what's his name? Keon Drake had 70 receptions last year. He finished as a top 15 running back. Wow. He was a, he's a great receiver out of the backfield, Keon Drake. Just a side He's a better receiver he's out of the backfield. Yeah, I agree. And he's in a great offensive system, man. They're going to they use their – they're stars. They that's one of them teams that get the most out of, you know, just the one dimensional players. Not calling, you know, he is one dimensional, but they just get the they maximize the value of these yeah, players. They broke, don't fix it. If James White, if you had James White on your team last year, he didn't let you down. So you know what I'm saying right now. Go get him on your team this year so you can also know what I'm saying. Those weeks when Tony went, went down, man, he was literally putting up RB1 numbers because he finished RB1, but. Wait, what are you doing there? But <laughs> who you got breaking out this year? All right, so we got this is breakouts. I got uh my guy, Aaron Jones. Um, if you're like me, man, you've been screaming free Aaron Jones for the longest, and this is the year that it's finally gonna happen, man. So uh we've always wanted a workload, a full workload for him, man. Like he's always produced when he's got that opportunity man um last year you know he's um was suspended the first two games um when he finally came back we thought that he was going to get that workhorse role but it didn't happen they trotted out the committee uh, uh committee of jamal williams ty montgomery and they had Aaron jones in there so in weeks three through six with all three players getting snaps he averaged 29 percent of the snap rate Six carries a game, one target, 7.2 um, points. Um, T.Y. got traded, and week eight came. Something finally clicked. He finally gave his dude the uh, majority of the touches. When they left and he had the backfield to himself, he uh, played in 68% of the snaps, averaged 14 carries, four targets, 99 all-purpose yards, um, a touchdown, 
a game, 5.7 yards per carry, 2.1 yards, 2. yards at the contact, and he avoided 13 tackles. Yeah. Average 18 points a game, running back five. Yes. Right. He has the ceiling of a top five running back, bro. Like he's – if you go back to 2017, it's kind of the same situation happened. Jamal Williams got hurt. It was a crazy situation, actually. Ty Montgomery got hurt, and then, the, like, literally the next play, Jamal Williams got hurt. So in comes Aaron uh, Jones. Um, he averaged 14.2 points uh, during that span when he was a starter. He was an RB6 in that span. This is just showing you, like, what he does when he gets these touches, bro. Like, he's proven time and time again that he is a beast. So now we got uh, Matt LaFleur coming in. Uh, we got uh, – they already said they want to use him more as a receiver to running backs. So we have that going in his favor. Um, all that being said, you still have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. That allows defenses not to stack the box. He only faced the eight-man or greater box in 13.5% of his carries. That is heaven. Um and he was the sixth uh, most efficient rusher, according to next-gen stats. So it's pretty much literally everything. He checks off every box, and this is going to be the last year that you can get him in the third round because this is a guy you're going to be getting in the first round next year. Just mark my words on it, man. Yeah, man, I've been saying that pretty much. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think I've been saying I've been, I've been pretty consistent with it, my AJ take all year. And I finally put my my foot where my mouth was, or I put my money where my mouth was this weekend when I made the trade for him for Melvin Gordon. Uh, Mr. Melvin Gordon news. I decided I'd rather take a risk on AJ being that, like you said, that first round running back than if Melvin Gordon's going to play this year. Uh, I just think that I think the sky's the limit for Aaron Jones, and I feel like they they have a competent coach like you said now that realize that, hey, we need to get this guy the ball in any like, way we can. And right. I feel like he's going to get the ball. He's going to probably get you 50 to 70 targets. He's going to run the ball. He's going to get you over 200 uh, total rushes. I just hope that they don't do no dumb shit like try to, like, run it back comedian. But I don't see that happening. I think – Yeah, uh, I mean, it did happen a little bit last year with um, – because you remember Matt LaFleur was in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did have a committee, but – I think he learned his lesson, man, when he finally gave Henry the ball last year, man, what he did. Mm-hmm. So you got a more talented running back, man. Give him the full workload. I think that's what he's going to do this year. And, you know, he did have some injury concerns in the past, um, but I think he – they say he showed up to camp um, in shape. Uh, he cut his body fat in half. So I think that's a huge part of why a lot of players get injured. It's just not – they're not in the best shape, you know what I mean? Like they take it for granted. He finally uh, took a series this offseason, man, and they say he showed up in shape, man. So hopefully, them injury concerns are behind him. I think, I think this, like you said, I think this is gonna be the last year you're gonna be able to get him this cheap. Where you got his ADP going at right now? He is going at three hundred five, three hundred two. I'm sorry, three hundred two. Yeah, that's about that's about right. Because I'm not. You might as well just get him in the second if you want him. It's no way you're gonna like if you're not. The, whoever's in that early third round is gonna have him this year unless somebody reaches for him in the second, and that's probably what I'm gonna do. I'm, and just to let you know, if you're at what you at, you were in front of me, right? So oh. I'm at I'm at 102. So you at 103. So 
So, oh, yeah. so you're saying I got to draft him in the first round. All right. No, no, no. You definitely need to take him with your second round pick because he's yeah. not going to be there in the third. That's just the guy. Uh, talked him up for nothing because Gabe is like in front of me. Like he's going to be like siphoning me all year. Shit's crazy. We have to. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to because I think I'm going to try to come in town uh, one of our redraft leagues. So I don't know if we're going to be able to like record it live, but I'm pretty sure like one of those leagues, I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty competitive. Y'all probably hear like a whole bunch of cuss words and stuff. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So coming in as a sleeper running back for me, I got Marlon High Five Mac. Just came up with that off the top of the head. Off the dome? Off the dome. That probably, probably don't even make sense when I listen back to it, but my bars are so fire, y'all. Yeah. Rap genius, some shits. Exactly. One take Jake. Um, (laughs) all right so i got marlon mack as my sleeper um so just to get into marlon mack he's in a high power offense and i've been saying that probably all episode this episode last episode every episode you want you just want to attach yourself to those top 10 offenses and marlon mack is a part of that he runs behind um arguably a top three offensive line just like ezekiel elliott does um, I don't think anybody gonna give you any arguments on the Colts offensive line being amazing. You can stack them up top three if you want. However, however, the top three that you want, they might even be number one, depending on how you're ranking them, depending on what you're looking at. Um, he missed four games last year, and then he erupted. You know, and week six through week six through seventeen, he was he was an RB seven, finishing with 195 uh, rushing attempts, 908 yards, and nine touchdowns. Um, I think a lot of, well, I don't know if a lot of people are thinking about this, but I think, uh, just one of the flags that I have, if not, there's not many because I think he checks all the boxes is Naheem Hines is there, um, is there pretty much de facto, uh, catching running back. I guess he's like the pure definition of that. They bring him in for passing downs, but, um, just another bit of research that I saw, um, over 11 games, Max saw 20 targets and, he was efficient with those uh, catching, um, having a seventy percent catch rate with those with those targets. He only, I think, he only he had he caught fourteen of them of his twenty, so he only dropped six balls. Um, I don't know how much that could rise, but I would think it could rise. Maybe if he could get healthy, if he comes in healthy and plays sixteen games and he gets like forty five targets uh, uh, with those, year um, I guess probably like what two two fifty plus attempt this year since he got 195 in just like half of the games last year without paying the first four games. Um, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, they love to go to him. He's another one of those red zone guys who, who they look to give the ball to. They're not like any of those teams who get down in the red zone and try to be cute. They get down in the red zone. They put the offensive line to, to use. Uh, 22 of his 10 zone attempts, he converted into eight touchdowns. So you know he's a t- uh, touchdown monster. Um, I just think he's going to be another one of those running backs that this is probably the last year you're going to be able to get him as low as he's going. I think I got him going in the fifth round. What do you got? Do you have anything to do that? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. He is going in. He was going in the fifth yeah. at one time. He was going in the fifth at one time. He's in the three, 305. Yeah, that shit just rose because he was definitely going in the fifth time without doing it. So, He's he's definitely going in the third round right now, so I guess a lot of people are not sleeping on him as I was sleeping on him. Um, 
But yeah, I think you can easily project him in. You can slot him in for over a thousand yards this year. Uh, probably double digit touchdowns. He got nine touchdowns in with missing four games. So if, in those four games, I'm pretty sure he got one or two touchdowns. So I think he finishes as a possibly a RB one. He give you that solid. I don't. I think it's. I think. The sky is capped on him, just like I said before, because of the passing abilities. But he could see an increase in targets, and uh, Naheem Hines could just end up being nothing. You never know how this year could go. Um, they signed Spencer Ware, but he hasn't been able to like stay healthy on the field. He's not even he uh, didn't ma- he made the pup list today. They uh, like we said earlier in the episode, they signed Deontay Foreman. I don't think he's any threat to the throne. Um, they still have Jordan Wilkins out there. I think shown last year during the four games where Marlon Mack was out, he just wasn't it. He showed that he wasn't going to be the guy to take over. Uh, they were waiting for Marlon Mack to get back, and he exploded. They gave him the workload. They showed that he's going to get the workload. I think it's pretty rare to get one of those 250 uh, attempts back, and I think he's one of them, and I'm going to be taking them. Yeah, man. He's Like like he was saying earlier, he, he's, they're going to use Naheem Hines because he – is a great pass catcher and running back. He's probably one of the best in the league. But, I mean, I usually don't like the two-down backs, but he's in a different situation, man, because that offensive line is so great, mm-hmm. and that offense is so great. He's going to be in so many scoring positions that it offsets that not – I mean, you don't offset, offset it completely, but I think it does allow him to get into that RB1 range, so I agree with that. Yeah, man, he had 22 tens on the tenth, like I said. Eight of those were touchdowns. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, they, don't try to be cute. they get behind the biggest offensive line and they just run it in. They're not going to stack the box on them and it has a great offensive line. Like, it's what more can you ask for, bro? This is definitely a stud, bro. That's to a top 10 offense. Yeah, man. When I see, I remember like playing him last year in one of my matchups. Like, uh, somebody I got hurt. I think it was Jay Ajayi I got hurt. And um, I think, I don't know if I traded for Marlon Mack or somehow I ended up with Marlon Mack, bro. And no, I think I picked him up off waiver because he was hurt. Somebody dropped yeah. him. He was he, he was on the waiver. my lineup, bro. This dude put up like twenty something, bro. I was like, wow. And that's when I immediately like knew, bro. I did the research after that. He's a stud, bro. Like he not only is he a good running back, he has everything around him that he want will want for a running back. I like it, man. Definitely yeah. a nice uh, sleeper. Well, who you got as your, as your sleeper? The last running back of the episode. The last, last the but not least. He might be least, depending on who it is. You know who I'm talking about, Gabe. Everybody should know who I'm talking about. If you know anything about me, you know I've talked this guy up for all offseason. And he goes by the name Royce Freeman. So, Everybody get a pillow because this is going to be so, a long Let me tell you on Royce Freeman. I've been waiting forever to talk about this guy, guys, so bear with me for the excitement. So, you know, last year he had an ADP around uh, the third round. So we just talked about two running backs going in that third round, you know, the protection that they did. Like, that's what you were expecting out of them. Shit didn't happen, man. You know, um, somebody came out of nowhere, just fucking took all the spotlight, fucking Philip Lindsay. Um, so when you look at the box score and you look at the crazy highlight plays that Philip Lindsay had, like of course it's easy to forget about Royce Freeman, man. Um, it's I'm here to tell you why you should not forget about this guy. So, yes, pedestrian year last year, 130 rushes, 521 yards. Um, 
But so check this out. So two things went wrong for him last year. He had a high ankle sprain, which um, I, two injuries that I really like or I avoid when it comes to fantasy. It's high ankle sprains and hamstrings, bro. Like them shits linger all year, um, especially if it happens during the year. So it's going to linger and shit. So but you look at it before the injury. It was a true split back there. Um, he got 71 carries to Lindsay 75. Um, but the difference before and after the injury was the goal line touches. Uh, Royce Freeman had four touchdowns before the injury. He was getting the goal line touches. Um, when he got injured, you know, Lindsay did what, what you're supposed to do, man. You're supposed to take the job, man. He took the job. He, they were giving him the goal line touches. But when they did that, and that was the other thing that worked against, uh, against Royce Freeman, the coaching staff. Like, okay, I know I'm not taking anything away from Philip Lindsay's stats, like for his uh, uh, talent. That dude is explosive. He's great. But he is very small for a the type of workload that they were giving him last year. They were giving him it's like what, 16 touches a game last year, up the middle, because he wasn't really used as the pass catcher with Devin Booker back there. So he was literally the between the tackles runner. When that happened, bro, I was like, bro, he's not going to last all year. Like, I'm not, maybe not all year. I didn't expect the injury, but I just knew he was going to break down at some point. The, it happened last year. So a lot of people might say it was a fluke injury, you know, a wrist injury. But I'm going to read the numbers that, you know, before and the games leading up to that wrist injury. Because he played in two games before that wrist injury where it was very crazy. So in weeks uh, one through 13 – he averaged, uh, Lindsey averaged 15 touches, 94 yards. Um, hold on. And uh, six yards of carry, 16 points, nine touchdowns. Great stats, bro. Stud numbers. Uh, weeks 14 through 16, he got hurt in week 16. So weeks 14, 14 through 16, he averaged 16 touches, the same amount of touches, 51 all-purpose yards, 2.6 yards a carry, 10 points and only one touchdown in three games. The dude broke down. What game was that? This was weeks 14 through 16. He got hurt in week 16. So he was already struggling before he got to that injury. He was breaking down. And then he just broke down in week 16 and got hurt. That's okay. I was like, okay. So this now we got a new coaching staff. Um, But wait, let me not get ahead of myself. So when you look at – why you shouldn't use a uh, running back of that size between the tackles. Let me tell you why. So when you look at next-gen stats and, um, you know, PFF, when you dig deeper and look at the analytical side of that shit, um, Royce Freeman saw uh, Stackbox 8-man plus on 36% of his carries. That is the um, second highest in the league. Lindsey only saw it on 14%. So he had a least stack box. But Royce was still averaging more yards after contact per attempt, 3.22 to Lindsey's 2.35. Um, Lindsey wasn't going against a lot of people in the box, but he was um, not forcing as many missed tackles as Royce. But he forced a missed tackle on 18.6% of his touches. Uh, Lindsey only did it on 11.4% of his touches. So what these numbers are telling me is that he's not – built for that type of contact of getting that workload up the middle. So what I said in the offseason was, I was like, bro, there's a new coaching staff coming in, man. They're going to see 
how these running backs are, and they're going to know that you want to get your guy, the bruiser, Royce Freeman, get in between the tackles, and you get Philip Lindsay in space. So I was saying that shit. It's finally happening, bro. The reports are coming out. Uh, you got the coach, um, Scangarello, that came under Shanahan. He compared the backfield to Atlanta when we had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Who would you want in that backfield? If it was me, it was Devontae Freeman because he's getting those between the tackle work. He's getting uh, the goal line touches, and he's getting the sure yardage touches. Because uh, I'm cool with Philip Lindsay getting that uh, receiving work. Just give me my running back that's going to get the between the tackles running um, rushes. And uh, that's that's why the ADP of 805, who is a running back that's going to be getting the between the tackles rushes, it's a true 50-50 split. We've seen multiple reports saying it's a true 50-50 split. I want the running back that's going, that's getting that in between the tackles work. I don't know about you. You can have the receiving back who, uh, by the way, they just signed Theo Riddick. That could be a sign that they want to scale back his touches even more. Yeah. So, that, but I that, know the constant of that backfield who's getting all the reports, the Raven report. You said you wanted to wait until training camp. We waited at training camp and the reports are still happening, bro. It's happening, bro. Rolls Royce. Get them. I don't, I actually don't, I'm kind of not wanting any of those guys as of now. You know what I mean? I'm not to shit on your sleeper, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I do agree with everything you definitely said right there. But now with all these conflicting reports and they're saying now it's going to be 50 50, I tend to stay away from those RBCs because that is gross. I mean, I used and, to, but two, two it's, it's, I mean, 70% of the NFL has uh, some type of committee or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's becoming the new norm. 50, I'm cool with two running backs getting the majority of the touches in the backfield. You just said 50-50, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Two running backs getting 50-50. No, but I'm saying, like, if it's, if it's a, like, if you were saying, like, Royce Freeman was going to get, like, a 60-40, uh, 70-30 split or something like that, then I'll be like, oh, okay. But if you're going to tell me that they're both going to get, if they, I don't know. Well, they, I don't know, man. I, don't I forgot. Him. I forgot to add this too. Right. Um, the scheme that they're running this year is going to be the wide zone run scheme. Um, that scheme was the same exact scheme that Royce Freeman ran in college, where he had over fifteen hundred rush yards. The zone is built for him, and you have people confirming these like theories that I've had all offseason that. This guy is going to break out this year, bro, because he's going to get the touches. They rushed for the uh, – they had the fifth highest rushes in the league last year. So where do you see Royce Freeman finishing at this year? That's a I bit think of, top 20. I'd say top 20, RB2. I'm an, I ain't even going to say uh, – like, because he's my sleeper, you know what I mean? But he's being drafted in the eighth round. When, mm. you know, the, the projected touches, how it's going to split up, man, I think that he's the guy that you want to target in that backfield. So where do you have Philip Lindsay? I have Philip Lindsay. I'll have him. I have Philip Lindsay like in um I think I want to have him at 29 or 30. I want to say I don't have my rankings right in front of me. But I want I want Royce over him and I'm making a statement in my rankings. Um I like it. I could be totally wrong, but guys, they call me the running back whisperer. This I think shut the fuck. <laughs> I think um I don't know, man. I think the more and more I think about that backfield and the more and more y'all talk about him every day. I just don't want any of them until like after week one where we see exactly like what the 
like the split is going to be because if it's 50 50 bro i don't want it because if you go on if you're telling me that how they comparing it to the tevin coleman Devontae freeman that was never 50 50. that was like Devontae freeman 70 percent of the time uh tevin coleman 30 percent now if you're telling me that's going to be the split then that that's different than i mean i didn't want to say it because it's not it's you know it's i can't say it until we see it but mm-hmm. That can definitely happen, bro. If if Royce Freeman starts eating and shit and they're beating teams, like they're gonna be fucking running that ball, bro. Like he's one of them old school coaches too that's uh that came in there. Um, so they're gonna run the ball, bro. And they know, just like I said, bro, they they know he's not a bum, bro. He's built for that type of workload. So they're gonna give him the ball between the tackles, man. And that's the running back I want. Like, I said 50-50 because that's what they're saying right now, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he did get the majority of the touches. That would be just so crazy to see, like, uh, what did he finish, like, top 12? Did he finish RB1, right? Yeah, he finished RB1. But, like, that number, that that's that's very alarming, bro, them last games before he got injured, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, weren't stacking a box on him at first. But, but they I, finally started stacking a box on him when you had more tape on him, and they started stacking a box more, and he wasn't averaging shit. Like, he was averaging two yards a carry. But you also – you know, so you don't attribute none of that to being um, just he wasn't conditioned because he was an undrafted – he was an undrafted free agent. He probably had never played that deep. He probably had never played football that deep into the year because the college football season is over way faster. I'm not sure where college he went to if they were playing in the, in the bowl games. But during that time, he, he used to not play football anymore. And he got tired and he got hurt. I don't think that had, I don't think that takes away from him as a running back. I think he still starts off the year. People still doubted him last year when he came in because Royce Freeman was supposed to be the guy last year. And people said when they seen Philip Lindsay on the field running, and they just couldn't deny it. And so I just think, you know, you you made a lot of great points. And I just Bottom think. line is this, man. The, te- the defense, well, I mean, what you said, I can, I mean, it's, I can't hate on it. But I just believe that defense got the tape on him now. And they know that he can run between the tackles. If you give him lanes, they, he's going to fucking break a long run, bro. So they're going to stack that box on his ass more now when he's back there. So. So does the box get less stacked when Royce Freeman is back there? It's not less stacked, but he's showing you that he's he averages more yards at the contact. Um, he forces more missed tackles than Umbrella, so he's built for that workload up the middle with people stacking a box on him. Lindsey's not like he's like it's like the numbers when you look at that you know those type of numbers like the stack box percentage, the missed tackle percentage, um, the yards at the contact like running backs need to have a high yards at the contact to be good, bro. Like, they're going to, you know, that's the only position that really gets touched on every play, pause. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I, don't like, I don't like the running backs that don't have a high yards at the uh, contact, and he doesn't really ha- – he doesn't have one, bro. That's that's alarming to me. But like I said, when you get him in space, and that's why I say you need to get a guy out there in space, he, will, he has the ability to break that long – touchdown run on any given uh play where he you know only has one guy to miss but if you give him that workload up the middle consistently man it's he's gonna bust this year pause i think um, (laughs) (laughs) man uh well i think that brings us to the end of this episode i think we could talk about royce freeman and philip Lindsay all day if y'all just let us keep on talking yeah what eighth Uh, round too man eighth round i don't know if i said it but eighth round that's crazy definitely said it more than once uh, <laughs> uh, um, but yes, yeah, 
I want to thank all y'all for listening again. Like I said before, man, thanks for the support. We only getting better. Um, look forward to just more dope content from the guys, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes. We here. Make sure you leave us some uh, some reviews. Make sure you thanks click for all the support, man. Definitely, man. Make sure you thank the uh, click the stars. Uh, download it. I don't even know what you call it. You know what I'm talking about. Click the stars, man. <laughs> that was funny, though. Uh, like I said before, this just voted. We just been voted the number one fantasy podcast by Obama. Uh, Oprah. <laughs> you just uh, said it like it was your nigga, bro. It is. Obama. Yeah. 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 I talked to him. They told me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, man. And Miss Frazier. Miss Frazier down there that sell the flip cups. She told me, too. But um, yeah, man. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Fantasy In Session, and uh, see y'all guys next episode. Uh, peace. peace.